Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. Today, Pastor Humby Cervera will share a message with you. We hope you enjoy it. Great to be with you again, Okuo Church. Right now, we are in the second week of our series about hope. With it being the Christmas season, it felt like we needed to very clearly lay out what hope is all about and some of the different ways that we can view it in our lives. That being said, it reminds me of a Christmas almost 25 years ago. The year was 1997. Elton John's Candle in the Wind was the top song in the world. The Spice Girls were the biggest thing going in pop music. Seinfeld and ER were the top two shows on television. And Titanic was on its way to becoming the highest grossing movie ever released up to that point. And the Spurs had just drafted this young man named Tim Duncan. I was in the eighth grade and I was only interested in one thing that Christmas, a Nintendo 64. It had been released the year before and a few of my friends had one. And, and I mean, now, now I get it, it was fun to go to their house and play games like Mario Kart or GoldenEye or an NBA Hang Time, but it's just not the same as playing it in your own house. So that Christmas, I was hoping for a Nintendo 64. My hope is that when I got one, everything would change. I mean, I would be happier. I'd be uh, able to spend more time playing my favorite games without having to leave my family. You know, so I'd be at home more often. I, I was just like, it's going to transform my life. And I'll never forget Christmas morning that year. I was dead asleep. And my little brother started shaking me to wake me up. And he's like, Humby, Humby, guess what? Guess what me and you got for Christmas? And I, I just like, didn't say anything. And he's like, do you want me to, do you want me to tell you? I was like, no, let me go see on my own, leave me alone. And he goes, okay. We got a Nintendo 64. Ah, little brothers, man, they're the worst. But anyways, things did change when I, when I got it. I did transform, right? Like I was happier, I got to play my games, they were a ton of fun. However, it like didn't last forever because just a few short years later, a few things I was interested in even more in uh, came out, the, the Sega Dreamcast and the PlayStation 2. Then after that came the PlayStation 3 and 4 and Nintendo Switch was thrown in there at some point and Wii and now there's like a PlayStation 5 I think and I, I think I'm finally at a point in my life where I, I can't keep up with these gaming systems. Either way, the transformation that happened each time I got one of these systems was only temporary. Now what about you? What are you hoping for this Christmas? A PlayStation 5? New clothes? a barefoot dreams blanket, or like a new relationship, or a better job. Now, all of these things are great, but I hate to break it to you. They might make you into a new person for a little bit of time, but I guarantee you it's not going to last. I just want you to know that when you put hope in all of these things to transform your life, they're probably not going to be the things that do that. So where can we find this hope. Well, I think you can find this kind of hope in the Bible. Now, if you remember last week, we talked about a hope they found in the Old Testament before Jesus. Now, the Hebrew word that they used for this hope was gava, which is about being strung tight in anticipation, but also in patience. So we said that true hope is patient, uh, which is true always, right? But when Jesus came, how did he maybe affect that? 
Well, I want us to look at some scripture in the New Testament, and I want us to look at some of the writing from the Apostle Peter. Now, he's the one that Jesus said that he would build his church upon, that Peter would be the rock that Jesus would build his, his church upon. Now, once Jesus was gone, Peter stepped up. He actually became known as the Apostle to the Jews. So Peter would be very familiar with this idea of Gabal. Now, so when it came time to recontextualizing this idea of hope, there's a different idea and word used for it in the New Testament. I mean, there had to be, right? The, the waiting was done once Jesus came. The Savior of the world had shown up, and you see Peter getting at this when you read through 1 Peter. So let's take a look at chapter 1. There it says, So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So I want to dig into this word hope. So just real quick, remember the Old Testament's original language is Hebrew, but in the New Testament, the original language is Greek. So the Greek word used for hope here is elpis, which literally is translated as a joyful and confident expectation. So hope is no longer anxiously waiting patiently. Now it's joyful and confident. That alone is amazing. But when you dig into this word and how and when it is used, you can see more about what it means. So this word or a form of this word is used 83 different times in the New Testament. Almost every time it is used, there is always transformation connected to it. I mean, you saw that in the last piece of scripture, right? Hope is put into the glorious salvation of Jesus. With that, there is an eternal transformation connected to hope. And you see this transformation connected to hope very regularly. And I want, to take, want you to take a look at the story here in Matthew 12 to show this idea further. Now, to give you guys some context of what's happening here, Jesus is having a discussion with a group of Pharisees, uh, like the holy people of that time. Uh, you see, while Jesus and his disciples were walking through a field, they got hungry and grabbed like some grain off and had a little snack. However, they did this on the day reserved for rest, known as the Sabbath. Now, the Pharisees had very strict laws against doing any sort of work on that day of the week. So when they saw Jesus and his disciples picking grain and working, they had some very major issues with him. Then Jesus explained to them that God made the Sabbath to serve man and not the other way around. So Jesus shut down that argument, but he wanted to give them another example of how their thoughts on the Sabbath was wrong. So let's take a look at Matthew 12. There it says, Then Jesus went over to their synagogue, where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. The Pharisees asked Jesus, does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? They were hoping he would say yes so they could bring charges against him. And Jesus answered, If you had a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you work to pull it out? Of course you would. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Yes, the law permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored, just like the other one. Then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. But Jesus knew what they were planning, so he left that area, and many people followed him. He healed all the sick among them, but he warned them not to reveal who he was. This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning him. Look at my servant, whom I have chosen. He is my beloved, who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, 
he will cause justice to be victorious. And his name will be the hope of all the world. There is so much to unpack here. First off, Jesus is working to transform things on a few different levels. He is transforming, first off, what Sabbath looks like for people. It's not just about following rules. It gets back to what we have been talking about here at Akuo. We want to listen to God and we want to love people. So listening to God to take care of the people that are there. Jesus is all about showing love to this person that's in need. It's not work to Jesus. This is loving and caring for people. Then he's physically transforming this man by restoring his deformed hand back to full health, which speaks to the way that people uh, with deformities uh, were looked at back in this time. Essentially, it was believed that uh, if there was something wrong with your body, it was because of a way that you sinned or a way that your parents sinned before you were born. So when that happened, people would see something wrong and they'd like just avoid you. Uh, it, it was like, it was super messed up. And so here Jesus is transforming the idea of the way people are loved and accepted in that time. But what I really want to focus on is at the very end, when it talks about how the prophecy of Isaiah was fulfilled. Jesus was sent down to take care of people. Then you get to the end, that very last sentence. And his name will be the hope, el peace. And his name will be the hope of all the world. That's right. All of this transformation is happening. You saw it on multiple levels, transformations going down here in this story, and all of it is connected to hope. And this time, you see, this time it comes from the hope of the world. And the hope of the world is Jesus. And what did Jesus come to do? He came to transform the world. He came to transform it eternally for sure, but he also came to show us how to transform it now. Either way, Jesus' name is the hope of the world, and Jesus transforms, which brings us to our big idea for the day. True hope transforms. True hope transforms. Jesus is our true hope. Jesus is the true hope that will transform us forever. That PlayStation 5 won't transform us forever. Those new clothes won't trans transform us forever. The barefoot dreams blanket, new relationship and better job, they won't transform us forever. Only Jesus can. He can transform all of us and will transform the world that is around us. Think about this. The world is messed up right now. There's war and hatred and terrible things happening every day, but Jesus can transform the whole thing. You actually saw that from the very start of Jesus' life. So real quick, I'm going to transform part of the way you look at the Christmas story. I want to take a look at the story of the three wise men. And the first way we're going to change things is that we're going to call them something different. Now I understand that wise men is what we've always known them as, but their official names were, were magi. Magi were like ancient priests, astrologers, advisors for kings. You see, when, when royalty was having trouble making a decision, they would call in the Magi. And the royalty would probably explain their problem, and uh, the Magi would do some rituals, read the stars, and, and then give them an answer. And at the end, they'd, they'd get paid for their consultation and, and, and be on their way. So it'd be like calling me a, a wise man instead of a pastor. Like, it's just a different title, but it, it, it changes it. So we all know that on that night Jesus was born, there was a star that showed up in the sky over Bethlehem. So when the Magi saw this, they found it very interesting because stars appearing were normally associated with kings being born, and they're very interested in, in astrology and astronomy. 
So some scholars believe that they set off from the Far East, probably from Babylon, for Bethlehem, hoping to bring gifts to the future king that the Magi would be able to do business with at some point. Now, at this point, they weren't like compelled by God to do anything. They were just trying to make sure that their services would be needed in the years to come. Now, when they got to the town of Bethlehem, they start asking around. And we see this in Matthew chapter 2. There it says, Where is the new king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose. So the Magi start asking around town about this new king of the Jews. They ask around enough that the ruler of the area at that time, Herod, catches wind of it. So Herod, being paranoid and jealous, calls the Magi to have a meeting with him in his palace. And here's what he says to the Magi. When you find him, this, this king that they're looking for, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him too. Now what the Magi didn't know is that Herod wanted this young king dead. They were just like, cool, Herod, we'll, we'll let you know when we find him. Uh, but they didn't know. Now what's crazy is right after they leave Herod's palace, something interesting happens. The Magi see the star that led them to Bethlehem. Let's go back into the scripture. There it says, The star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. You see, I don't know about you, but I've never seen a star that like moves around and takes me to the right place. Also, what star fills people with joy? I've never seen a single star in my life and been like, oh, I'm overcome with joy right now. My guess is that it was an actual star. It actually sounds very familiar to the pillar of fire that God used to lead the Israelites out of Egypt and into the land that he had promised them. So I would say the Magi are actually following God at that point while they're full of joy when they get to where Jesus is at. So let's get back to the scripture. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened up their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So there are a few pieces of info that will transform the Christmas story here for you right now. For starters, this isn't the night that Jesus was born. The Magi don't get to see Jesus with the shepherds in that manger. And, and the way that we can see that is, think about the length of the trip that it took them to go from Babylon all the way to Bethlehem. Then the amount of time it would have taken for the king to be made aware of a group of people asking questions, and then for him to send word out, and then to get them back to the meeting. It's not like he could text message him or anything like that. Also, the Greek word that is used uh, in this time is more like child, not infant or newborn. So definitely baby Jesus was not swaddled up at that point. Uh, they, they actually believe that he was about a year old here. So no matter how old Jesus was at that point, doesn't take away from the fact that something amazing happened. When the Magi walked in and saw Jesus, everything was transformed. These Magi got up and gave three gifts, frankincense, myrrh, and gold, which by the way, it never says how many Magi there are. It only says there's three gifts. So if you have three Magi there, that's not necessarily biblical. Anyways, they gave these three gifts, but the best thing they gave to Jesus that night was their worship. I think that night they turned their lives over to Jesus and started to believe in who he was, the Messiah. Now here's why I think that. Let's go back to Matthew 2. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. So this piece of scripture is why I think the Magi became believers that night. On their way in, 
God was on the outside. He was leading them with the star. However, once they knelt and worshiped before Jesus, God started speaking directly to the Magi through dreams that night. The Holy Spirit let them know not to go back the way they came. You see, when the Magi worshiped Jesus, they left their gods, their religious systems behind. When they worshiped Jesus, they left their entire life behind to lead a new one. These guys traveled the furthest, literally, but also figuratively, figuratively of anyone in the Christmas story. The Magi could not have been any further from Jesus. They would actually lead people in worshiping and believing in pagan gods and, and theories. They worried more about the stars in the sky than the God of the universe. And that night they learned that Jesus was the true hope of the world. They learned that true hope transforms. That story shows that Jesus didn't come for just the good people that have always followed God. He came to transform people that were incredibly far from him. It shows that Jesus came down to transform the people that didn't know what the true hope was all about. This is also a reminder that Jesus is not a spiritual Santa Claus. He doesn't like tally up all the good things and bad things you've done and then puts you on the good list or the naughty list. No. When you sit before him and proclaim that you believe in him, you are instantly and eternally transformed. Now, some of you might be in the same spot as a Magi as you're watching this or, or listening to this message right now. For whatever reason, right? Maybe it was a random reason. Maybe you like got stuck in the car with your mom or your grandma and they're, they're playing this. Or maybe you're on Instagram and you were curious about what this live video was. Or maybe somehow YouTube said, this might be a video that you're gonna like. So you showed up here for some reason. But when you got here, everything changed. You're hearing these words and you feel like you have to do something right now. That you want to be transformed. You want Jesus in your life. Now, if that's you, I want to invite you to pray along with me. Not only that, I want everyone to pray along with me right now that, that's watching or listening. Because here at Akuo, you always have a community praying with you. So if you want to start your transformation, pray something like this with me. Jesus, I want you to be my hope. I know that I come from a faraway place and I've done some things that you don't agree with, but I'm here now and I want you. I want you to lead me and I want to follow you the best way I know how. I believe in you and today I ask you to transform me. Amen. Now this is the most exciting thing that I get to do with people here at this church. This should be the most exciting thing that we are all connected to. Today, in the time of this sermon, real transformation has happened. Now that is something that we should celebrate all the time here at Akuo. So if you're someone that just prayed that prayer, I want you to type into the chat, Jesus is my true hope. Type that into the chat right now. Now if you aren't watching with us live, but you prayed that, just say that out loud. Jesus is my true hope. Now, if you're watching with us online, I want you to jump into the chat to encourage all the people that made this decision by, you know, giving them some like encouraging emojis of like clapping or one of those or like the 100 or some fireworks, confetti, whatever it might is, just make sure that they feel encouraged by the great decision that they just made. Now, for all of us here, whether you've known the hope of Jesus for the last five decades or the last like 50 seconds, I want to pray with you. If you're someone that is searching for hope in the middle of these holidays, I want you to pray with me right now. So let's bow our heads and you can pray uh, these words or, or something like this along with me. So Jesus, I pray that you would continue to transform me. 
I pray that you would continue to show me the true hope that you have. I pray that you would let me rest in you. I pray that you would tap me on the shoulder when I'm sad, overwhelmed, or exhausted during this holiday season. I ask that you would not only keep me afloat, but that you would help me be a shining star for someone else, and that I could point that person back to you. Thank you for everything, Jesus. I love you. Amen. Well, guys, thanks to all of you for being a part of our service here at Akuo. I want you to know that if you need anything at all, please don't hes hesitate to message us on uh, our, our, by messaging us our, on our social media platforms or by going to our website at kuo.church or by reaching out to call us or texting us at 210-901-8785. Now, if you like the service and you want to share it with someone, if you want to help be that shining star to someone else, uh, or if you just missed services from over the last few weeks, you can always go back and watch them on our YouTube channel or you can listen to them on any of the, the streaming services that we are on currently, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Now, while you guys are on there, please just want to ask you guys to subscribe, like, and rate all of these sermons, all of these messages. Uh, just by doing this, it's going to help us get in front of more eyeballs and more ears uh, to help spread the word of Jesus. Now, next, I want to talk to you about how we practice generosity here at Akuo. What we do is practice the biblical method of giving called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering in the storehouse, which is your local church. Now, guys, we believe that when you trust God with anything in your life, there is a blessing, and we want you to receive blessings, especially during this holiday season. Uh, we want you to understand the hope of the world, which is Jesus, and he's going to take care of you when you're doing these things. Now, right now might not be the best time for everyone. And, and, and I understand with everything that's happened this year, you might be struggling to make ends meet and I don't want you to feel pressured to give something that you can't give joyfully. That's, that's totally okay. Allow this service to be a gift to you. Now, with that being said, if you need help with something, please reach out. If you need help with a, a bill or food or, or anything, we wanna help you out. We wanna be linked to you during this tough time. So please, please don't be above reaching out to us. We would love to be linked to you. Now, if you are able to tithe, the way that you can do that here at Akuo Church is by going to our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Now, when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text to tithe option. For that, all you have to do is text Akuo, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to tithe to the number 77977. When you do that the first time, you're, you're gonna have to sign up, but after that, it's gonna be as simple as sending a text message. Now, if you don't wanna give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send your tithe through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your tithe to PO box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. Now, since we won't be in person uh, for Christmas this year, we're going to be doing a little bit of time of worship and scripture together for you and your family on Christmas online. So be sure to look out for that as the week goes along. Okay, guys, that's all that we have for you today. I want you to know, like I let you know every single week, I'm praying for all of you all the time. And I want to pray with you one last time here today. So just, just bow your heads. Let me pray over you. Jesus, as everyone clicks off their browser, turns off their TV, puts away their phone, I ask that you would just continue to speak to them. I ask that you would help them understand your true hope, which is patient and transforming. I pray that you would make them 
like shining stars in the desert for all the people that are around them. I pray that their hearts will be flooded with light so they can understand the confident hope that you've given to us. Thank you, Jesus. We pray all of these things in your mighty and wonderful and loving name. Amen. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.